0: i uh-huh. uh-huh. Franchisography, the podcast that digs deep and boldly goes into the entire filmographies of Hollywood's biggest film franchises. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And it's a between episode. We just finished Star Trek. We did we did it. Nick. 13.
1: Scott, listener, just just take a second. Just take a beat. <laughs> we did it. Yeah. Thir- Thirteen we, weeks of Star Trek. Thirteen weeks yeah. of Star Trek. Yeah. Um. Thank you so much, the listeners, for you know for 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 going on this journey with us. You know, um, yeah. You're not in control over what we, you know, if it's like okay, they're going to talk about the Star Trek movies. I'm either going to listen or not. You know, but yeah. I it, it seems it seems like everybody had a good time or is having a good time. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, seems so.
0: Um Hasn't I, had a good time. I it's definitely you know, I it, it feels good to scratch it off the franchisography wish list. Um True. Because it yeah. has been one that I've wanted to do for a really long time. And uh yeah, so it just
1: it feels really good to be on the other side of it. Um Yeah, like we had uh we had some of those guest spots had been you know, been filled like a uh, like a year in advance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's interesting. And
0: the you know, the rest of the season of of the this franchisography season, um, pretty wild. I think. I think yep. we've got. <laughs> i think it's i think the rest of the season's
1: pretty wild um well yeah because you know I, I i think about our listeners that you know have been watching like jeff on the discord like people have been watching along with us and i was like w- how are, are they gonna like, like oh okay <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know about these ones
0: um but i'm i'm excited i like i like how different everything is you know because we try and hit uh, I mean, this is only our second season, so it seems ludicrous to, like, try to be, like, there's a pattern. Um, but, like, we try to hit every genre, both each season. That's yes. the goal. Um, yeah.
1: We don't want to live. Like, we wouldn't dream of doing another science fiction franchise after Star Trek.
0: No. After Star Trek. No. And I think the only time, in general, I think the only time we would do two from the same genre is if they were, like, short. Like, four or less.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You know? Um, But, but otherwise, yeah.
1: But, you know, for, for example, I guess as one reveal, um, there's an Indiana Jones movie coming out later this year. And so it it was discussed off mic between the two of us. Well, what if we did Indiana Jones? Right. And we both at at the moment we were like, well, like, what do we, there's already so much about that. Yeah. Does that feel like us? Does that feel like a world? Like, you know, could we make podcast podcasts worthy of listening to that aren't just a like, covering well-treaded ground?
0: Right. Yeah. So we we need to like circle back on 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 Indiana Jones when we have like a take on it that isn't just regurgitating like everything that's ever been written about those. And and the problem with that is like they're all directed by Steven Spielberg minus the new one. And so mm. yeah, like Steven Spielberg movies tend to be well-tread ground in terms of like looking at the background
1: and development of those movies. Um, so yeah, like yeah. even with Star Trek, even though like I knew while I was researching, like, God, there's already so many podcasts and books and stuff about what we're, what we're covering. But I felt like I was learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And, and I think all of our discussions from our guests that were like Trekkies to some degree mm-hmm. or, or, just had relationships with these movies in this world. It was really Mm -hmm. fun exploring that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The Indiana Jones of it all. I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't, I don't, I just don't think it's in the cards right now.
1: Well, I, I, and I think what you said, like, you know, takes, I think every series going forward for the rest of 2023, we definitely have a specific take. Yeah. And mission statement that you or I want to accomplish by covering those franchises. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um in in one fashion or
0: another. Mm-hmm. Um or or like and sometimes it's just a a reexamination of a period of our lives. Um Right. Like this kind of was. Yeah, like this kind of was and and what I think, you know, which we'll we'll wait to reveal until, you know, the second half of this, but it's definitely what the next thing is.
1: Um is definitely Yes, that's true. something like Very- that. Very uh, one of us going back to a time in our lives, and a uh, yeah, a, 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 a you know franchise, and being like, "Wow, this is really... How does this play now? Now that I'm older?" Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So,
0: um... watching
1: a bunch of scrappy little dinosaurs try and survive in the Great Valley. <laughs>
0: uh, never, never. Only no. one was released in theaters. Um... That's true. does it qualify. Does not qualify. Uh, but um, Star Trek. He, but Star Trek. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's this was uh this is a really great um, I think this was like a really great journey. Uh, but I, it is bittersweet because you know at the moment, the next Star Trek movie has been in development hell since 2016. Mm. Um, it has been seven years without. A star Trek movie without without you know Star Trek on the big screen um
1: because it's taking guess, over
0: the small screen again,
1: yeah, it's on fire on 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 the streaming side of things. Trek has arguably never been more bustling, but it's
0: interesting because it is in a state of transition because I think discovery's on the way out. I think the the next season of discovery will probably be announced as its last and yeah, if I in in my understanding is that this third season of Picard is the final season yes. of, of that series. Um so and and then but then you have Strange New Worlds, which was such a massive success for for Paramount um uh, for, for, for Paramount Plus uh Paramount Plus with Showtime, which I guess is the new <laughs> name of that streaming service. It sure um, rolls off the tongue. Yeah, sure does. Uh, But yeah, that was that was such a huge success that I think they are rethinking their strategy with the Star Trek stuff of like, oh, people actually do want (laughs) this kind of storytelling, not not an ongoing mystery that we have to like mystery box our way out of throughout the the season. Instead, let's, you know, tell like one off stories each week. Scientists Um, getting into kooky adventures right which which seems to be uh you know and it's just doing gangbusters. so i am excited about like what the prospect looks like for the future of of star trek um once discovery and uh picard are behind us um well well let's, so, we'll,
1: let, uh, let's have that discussion you know while we're here yeah of you know we're about to live in a world where like let, like like you said let's say strange new worlds is done by 2024 or 2025 I'm sorry, Discovery. Discovery, yeah. And, you know, Picard is over, Discovery is over, Strangely World is the only ongoing live action show. And that's a prequel. That's set in the TOS timeline, so it's kind of a throwback. Right, right. And let's say they're like, oh, well, what's what's going to be our new flagship? Mm -hmm. Our new main, our Mandalorian, maybe. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, they are kind of, like, at this fork in the road, where do they even, are they looking at, do we need a Mandalorian more than we need a mo- reliable movie franchise?
0: I, you know, it's interesting. I feel you could go many ways with, um, I, 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 I understand that their that whole thing is like, well, you know, maybe, maybe Star Trek belongs on TV and that's what we should focus on right now. And that's why it's been in development hell for so long. Mm. But I'm almost wondering cuz like there's two ways you could do a movie franchise for Star Trek. I first personally feel that the Kelvin universe is probably dead. Like I don't think we'll get another movie with that crew. Um I would love another movie with that crew. I would be there day one if it happened, mm. but I just I don't see it happening, you know. Um I think it's been too long and I think at this point I don't know. Maybe we do <laughs> something else. Um but You can go one of two ways. Either you could pull an 09 Star Trek, but you do it with the next-gen characters. Hmm. Um, You you do, like, young versions of the next-gen characters, and you basically, like, reboot next-gen as a movie franchise. That's one direction you could go. But I think that that would be even harder to do in a way that wouldn't piss everyone off Hmm. than it was with TOS, because the TOS characters... I don't know. the The world of TOS is a little more like adventure-y than next gen. Next gen is much more sort of philosophical um, and, and political. And, you know,
1: with all the respect and affection in the world for the next generation crew, yeah. I think objectively we can say that that ensemble is not as iconic to non nerds as the TOS ensemble. That's probably true, but you know the idea of, um. There,
0: there's a lot of opportunity to give those characters new aspects to them. And like, yeah. You know, like Riker.
1: Cause there is yeah, Riker.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who yeah. Is that like, guy. And i watched sides all of, of it and I don't, I don't even know that I, I've, I've watched all of it. And I don't even know that how much I can really say everyone was just like, yeah, he's
1: like, uh, he's like, uh,
0: like an uncle, like an uncle, like a, like a fun uncle. And it's like,
1: it's not a character a, description. Yeah, because he's <laughs> a person. You know, yeah. you, you've spent hundreds of hours with this character. So Riker, played by Jonathan Frakes, is something so specific. It'd be like you're trying to describe, like, me to someone. Right, or, right. Or uh, a coworker, Right, and right. I, th- I think, like, the, you know, the staying on the TOS thing, it's like a two-sided coin. Because on the one hand, you're like, whoa, they've recasted Deanna Troy wow like imagine having i don't know if you can have a conversation about that with someone by the water cooler because it's not a definitive the way chekhov or sulu is but like yeah. the inverse of that is you could do you could do more daring yep out of left field stuff with Riker, and deanna troy or data like data is probably or, the most iconic
0: yeah or or beverly crusher uh yes like yeah you know you could do so much with her uh and and yeah, like I think the two, the two main, like there's three like main, I think, well, four, there's four main iconic characters in next gen that are like legit iconic where you could, you could, you could like show anybody a picture of them and they might not be able to say what show they're from or their character name, but they would be like, oh, they're from Star Trek. They would know yes. that much, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's Geordi LaForge, Worf, mm-hmm. Data, and Captain Picard.
1: Cool. Th- yeah, those get.
0: are those are the four that you're like. Oh yeah, okay. Like general people know. Like I see that guy and I know that that's from Star Trek. I might not know it's from Star Trek: The Next Generation, yeah. and I might not know his name, but I know he's from Star
1: Trek. You know. Oh, that's Patrick Stewart in Star Trek. Oh, that's LeVar Burton from Star Trek. Oh, that's the robot from Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the robot. Uh, <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> that's the scientist from Independence Day in Star Trek.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's two from yeah. I would say maybe the Borg, as like an image of like, oh yeah, those the those that's some Star Trek, maybe yeah yeah yeah, Um, but yeah, it would
0: definitely be, but but so so it's twofold where it's like yeah, you don't have as much iconography with next gen, um, but at the same time you don't have as much iconography with next gen so. There's a lot of uh stuff that you could do. You could make Deanna Troy a really well-rounded, interesting character, and Beverly Crusher and William Riker and and everybody, you know? Um, mm-hmm. which is in itself pretty interesting. Um, so all that being said, that's definitely a possibility, right? The other way you could go, which I think is the more exciting, interesting prospect, is The very first Star Trek movie with a fully original crew, a crew designed from the ground up as a Star Trek crew for a movie franchise.
1: Yes. You're not going to come tune in with this crew every week. This is a every like trilogy event franchise film crew like the Fast and Furious. Yes. Or yeah, like Star Wars.
0: Yeah. I think that could be really interesting. Absolutely. Um, And I think I think there's multiple ways to do that, you know, like you could you could do if you wanted to do like sort of a young version of that. You could definitely do like a Starfleet Academy movie um, with new characters. But I think I think, you know, I I do think that that story fits better on television. I'd be really interested in that
1: as Mm -hmm. a television series. What Um, what I'm but I'm kind of feeling with this, the idea of like, okay, it's like a new star, like Star Trek Atlantis. I don't know. Star Trek: Infinity. Yeah, sure. Uh, of, I almost kind of I'm thinking of like the the Fast Five school of franchise rebooting. Of like who's a who's a person you wouldn't expect to be in a Star Trek movie that could really get someone excited. Like on a poster as a captain, people would be like, "Oh, wow, Idris Elba." Bad example because he was a villain. Yeah, like, sure, sure. Tilda Swinton, or sure, like. I keep wanting to say Michelle Yeoh, knowing that she's also famously in the Star Trek thing. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, we've we we we've even off-bike talked about that, of, like, a Fantastic B style, just, like, well, we, you know, like a standalone franchise. It isn't kind of really tethered to, like, a certain series. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'd yeah. be about putting that ship in a position that's like, oh, wow, that's never happened before. Like Yeah. Damn, there's so much Trek because I keep thinking of What if a ship was stranded further out than any ships ever been? (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like (laughs) like, Voyager was the perfect pitch for an
0: original Star Trek movie franchise because Mm. if you watch Voyager, they ran out of ideas quick for a TV (laughs) show. Um, yeah. like, like for a TV show, like Voyager, you know, it it is it's definitely weak sauce trek. Um, yeah. They, they imagine like,
1: if Stars Hollow was isolated from the rest of the world.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So it's it it's like yeah, if they had used that concept as a movie franchise, and the the arc of the three movies or five movies or six movies was like, eh, the goal with all of these is we're trying to get home.
1: Right. Yeah. That through line of like, well, we got to go see the next movie because like they're, what if they go home? Yeah. What if that's, they...
0: that's so good. That's a really good concept. I don't know. Like um, but uh, yeah, it's got to be something like that. I, I really think that that could be really exciting
1: because it's mm. also something that no one's ever seen before. You know? Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't based on a TV show that I haven't heard of. It's just like a new a new it's ship, a new, a new crew, new, new Star Trek. And you just call it, you know, like Star Trek whatever the name of the ship is and then yeah you know karen gillen
0: oh yeah that would be interesting
1: so Um, i have a i have a question i have for you but not if you're not done listing options like uh no no no
0: that's that's it that's the those are i mean you know i i think an original star trek is the way to go i think Mm -hmm. that's definitely preferable than uh rebooting next gen um but for sure who knows if paramount would ever go for something like that
1: so, you know, the show is called franchisography. Yes. And that's, uh, we, we, you know, we've watched all these movies, you know, 13 Trek movies, and that's a common uh, thing that, that's come up is like, well, do we even need Star Trek movies? Or what aren't we getting out of Star Trek from all these TV shows that exist now and all the, t- the, the reruns that are on St- Paramount that we can watch that we, that, you know, like, well, what do we get out of a movie? So I would like to pose that question to you, Scott. Like you love the Star Trek movie so much specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what do you get out of a Star Trek movie that you don't get out of watching the show, you know, with, with your coffee or dinner?
0: Um, There, it just has a different, it, it, it's, it's on a different track. It's on a different wavelength than I think the show is. And like, I get a lot out of the show but there's something about having a huge, like a big budget action movie set in star in the world of Star Trek that is exciting to me. Um, that mm-hmm. it's not the same on a, on a TV show of like getting it week to week. It, I don't know if it's just like it feels elevated or or what what yeah. it is. But it, there's it's more of like a, it's just the excitement of like. Yeah, I mean maybe I'm old fashioned, but like I just don't know, movies just feel more important to me than TV shows, yeah. you know. Yeah.
1: No, we we we've talked about the eventness of Scream 2. Yes. That that collective, you know, and I, I think about the the feeling I got walking out of Star Trek 09, that yeah. collective buzz of we all just went on a ride together and had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would be cool if you know, they don't make another movie for a while and then they get to like a point with uh Strange New Worlds where they're like, Okay, let's end this and turn it into a movie franchise and lead up to, you know, Star Trek the original series with
1: you Oh with know, those, with those people. With,
0: with, with those people with like a few movies. I'd be into that because that also reminds me speaking of eventness, it's like the, the shift from Firefly to Serenity, where you like you watch sure. Serenity and you're like mean, I remember this a low budget Fox show, and it's the same characters, but now they're like, it. It feels like a movie. Like it's just, it's yeah. different. It feel it just feels more important, more. Yeah, I,
1: don't I know. agree that I. I feel like it could wait a while, but I think another. I, I. I'm a little bit more optimistic about there being another Kelvin movie than than you seem to be, mm-hmm. just because. And this is maybe like betting on the wrong horse or whatever, but I think about Chris Pine now in 2023. Mm-hmm. And he still feels really vital and yeah. cool. Yeah. And, you know, you like, oh, yeah, Chris Pine and like Quinto and Zoe Saldana and Simon Pegg and John Cho. And I guess hopefully I'm feeling like that cast will just keep aging like a fine wine. Sure. And like, then maybe nostalgia can kick in. And they feel like I actually do really want to see, you know, we talked about Chris Pine in the Admiral Kirk red outfit. Yeah. Of like, well, now me, I'm an older millennial. What if I'm when I'm 40, I want to see Chris Pine and Zach Quinto and Carl Urban kicking ass one more time. True. You know. Yeah. No, I I mean I would definitely be into that for sure.
0: Um I just, I don't I don't it's not that I I don't want there to be another Calvin movie. It's just that like it's been in oh, development for sure. hell for so long. It 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 yeah. feels. It just feels like it's gonna it's an
1: up, it's been an uphill battle, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And we could definitely talk about why we think that is, like why we think Trek is such a a, a difficult film, can be such a difficult franchise to make single installments of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, oh gosh, well, no, <laughs> yeah, we were going to have that. I was going to, I had another question that I was going to ask you. Um, oh yeah, it was this. So I, I was just thinking about other kinds of original Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. and you know, I was stuck on the the prism of ship. Crew captain. Yeah. And then listening to you, you were like, I just want to see adventure set in this movie size adventure set in this world. Yeah. And then I, I was like, wow, what if there was like a Star Trek movie that didn't have a ship or a crew, but was like an adventure set in this universe? But then I'm like, oh, but I, that is that what makes Star Trek special is the ship and the crew. And I think, yeah, it is. that's the tricky thing, you know? Because um, like, I, would you be, I wouldn't be interested in like a Tom Clancy, like, Recon, like oh, we have to th- this uh, diplomat of this planet. You have to go and save him. He's been kidnapped by terrorists. No, I don't think so.
0: Although, although, uh, well, you could do like a, you could do like a Star Trek, like Black Ops, where it's like okay. That, that is their job. That is the that is that crew's job. You know, like. See, I was thinking about Star Trek Black Ops, but I didn't think you would be into that. Well, but like the idea that they are they are a crew. Like there is a captain, but like. But, oh, like, that yeah, is their yeah. job, is they do Black Ops missions, you know?
1: Dude. Yeah, like the Bad Batch. Right. Yeah, sure. Like, a Star Trek poster where it's, just like, a bunch of cool actors of, like, Starfleet stuff. Like, yeah, we're the ones that go in, and we're, like, the A-team. We go in to do Impossible, or Mission Impossible. Like... Yeah. Sometimes you don't need a whole ship. You just need, like, four experts in their field to go in and do something.
0: Yeah. 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 Where it's, like, it's, like, no, like, the... If, if if you are found out, the Federation of
1: Planets will disavow you. Yes. You know, like Mission, Mission Impossible Star Trek, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, they're like, look, this whole thing is predicated on the trust between all of these planets. Right. So if they find out that we have a clandestine operation that goes in and intervenes, it could blow up the whole Federation. Oh, my
0: God. That's so good. See? Like, that's... <laughs> Hell yeah. And then you make a series of films with those with that with that crew. Yeah. Like that's and that's
1: dope as hell. You get like a Vulcan, you get a Klingon, you get a couple of humans. Well, and you humans. could and you could even go you could go like
0: wilder than that. Like imagine, you know, like like I'm thinking of like a like like Jane from Firefly. Like what if you get like a you know, you get like a, a, like a real uh a Firehead J- or like like Jason Momoa, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, with like a Federation jumpsuit like a black federation jumpsuit and just like yeah i hate
1: i hate klingons
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah or or like what if jason momoa was like a human raised by klingons oh that's even better
1: yeah that's fucking cool i don't know you got i am one of them like i hate humans i was raised by klingons yeah and oh but dude yeah he's like spider from avatar but with klingons yeah totally Ah, see, that's there's oh, some cool man. shit you could do with something like that, or like, oh my god, like the lead can be like a disgraced captain that's like, you should be done, you should be out, you should, I should have you, your shit should be in a duffel bag, but goddamn it, we need you. You're one of Starfleet the best captains that's ever. We have to disavow you
0: publicly. Yeah, but we but need you. You got to take the hit, but we're You're we're exactly- still gonna give you a ship.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck. Oh man. Yeah, and it's like a blacked out like like silent ship that like oh yeah man. a, a sh- like a starfleet ship that cloaks dude yeah come on <laughs> and it's like yeah you were kicked out of off your ship because you couldn't follow orders and you're too crazy and you like are a hair trigger but that's exactly who we need you to run this like crazy suicide squad kind of like oh my god who's that captain right yeah who pl- it's kind play- be- of who, who plays that Almost kind of like a Beckett Mariner type, you know, like a Maverick Tom Cruise kind of captain. Yeah, but now they have to be the leader, and they're like, "Oh shit, man!" You can have a character who's like, "Yeah, that th- th- this dude was captured by the Borg for like a month, so he's still a little fucked up, but he's he's been d de- he's been de assimilated." But he's who's like a third a, Borg. Well, yeah, who's a, who's like a big Star Trek fan that's never been in Star Trek before? Oh man, well uh, I mean Eddie, Mur- oh, Eddie Murphy could be like the Amanda Waller. Like, oh man! <laughs> uh, for some
0: reason, too, I I pictured when I pictured the doctor, my mind immediately went to um, uh, what is her name? I keep wanting to say Hillary Swank. That's not correct. Um, uh, okay. From uh, 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 uh from from the new Shazam and and Fast and Furious and a million other things. Oh. Oh, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren, Helen Mirren. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, and and like Helen Mirren as like a
1: cantankerous like doctor. Definitely. She's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Like she's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Like Fast and Furious, Helen Mirren. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. You said Fast and Furious, but I was like, man, Michelle Rodriguez would be cool in this. Mm, Yeah, she would be. She would be cool as the character that was raised by Klingons also. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or maybe the captain. Maybe the captain. I don't know if I. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I. I guess I could. I've just never seen her in a role like that, so it's hard to. No, for sure. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But that's. Well, it's that's, like we were. Yeah, that's not her fault. <laughs> it's like how we were talking Alpha Micah. How like she should be like in a rom com. She should be like in an ensemble of friends, like hanging out. Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Man,
1: but that'd be good. Yeah, um, there could be like a big. There could be like another a classic Star Trek like robot that kind of wants to be human kind of character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm into this. I'm, I'm into Black Ops Star Trek. Oh man,
0: yeah. No, you start off with like the the what happened, what the captain did to like yeah, the, lose the thing, his thing they yeah, yeah, the
1: thing they wouldn't do, the line they wouldn't cross. Like, yeah,
0: whatever that was, and uh, and and you know, maybe he's like the sole survivor. Of his ship exploding, and they're like, That's yeah. not okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the captain is not uh, supposed to be the sole
1: survivor. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, Karen Gillen would be, and to bring her up again as like the, ca- the disgraced captain.
0: Yeah. yeah. I of feel like, like it would have it, to be like a little bit of an elder statesman, just just a little. Uh, like, okay. Yeah. In like the Tom Cruise territory of like, for sure. Just a, just sure. a little, a little oh, like over it, you know, like a, yeah. a little, a little over the edge, at least, at least like 45 plus, I would say.
1: But dude, I mean, that's a, that's a great arc. The idea of a captain who chose himself over his crew, mm. then becomes leader of a team. And they're like, fuck you, man. You let your ship die. You're the worst. Yeah. And then <laughs> their arc is that they have to be like, they have to make like a sacrifice play. Or, like, save the rest of the Black Ops team instead of them.
0: Yeah. And they're just, they're all Federate, they're all Starfleet,
1: like, rejects. Rejects. Yeah. They couldn't play, couldn't fit in the box, couldn't play by the rules. Oh, man, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, So, anyway, well, we just pitched the Star Trek franchise. (laughs) Anyway,
0: (laughs) hope Paramount's listening behind this paywall.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One of the 60 of you is a Paramount exact yeah oh Time of recording um yeah are we anything yeah, else let's get into our rankings there are there there are 13 of these there sure are so we like to start from the bottom working our way to the top yep uh, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll keep
0: our i think we keep our notes our explanations shorter than
1: typical <laughs> sure for yeah. sure but you know, I mean, we could be here all day. I mean, honestly, we could we could do two hour two our podcast just talking about Black Ops Starfleet. Uh huh. And maybe so, uh, we'll get notes after this is released where they're like, "You should have." <laughs> <laughs> why didn't Why did you stop talking about that? Like, yeah, awesome. why'd you stop? <laughs> so, as a quick reminder, we kind of rank these by personal preference. Yeah. Which one of these are we most likely to rewatch? Which one do we have the most fun with? But specifically, Scott for Trek, was there any criteria? That you had in mind when making your rankings?
0: No, it, I I just followed my heart. Great, you know every every time I do I do one of these rankings, I just go in order, and I'm like I'm like I you know I type in the first movie and then I mm. and then I'm about and then I go with the second movie and I'm like do I like it more or less than that one, and then yes. I put it in and then I I do the next one I'm like okay, do I like this one more than that one or less than this one or what and that's that's nope, how I same do where it is.
1: Yep, and I'm just I follow my heart. That's what I do. So there are 13 of these. Mm-hmm. So we'll be starting at number 13. Uh, do you want to start or should I start? Uh, I'll start. Um, awesome. What 13, is your number 13, Scott? 13
0: insurrection. Um, <laughs> insurrection by a country mile. Uh, nothing, nothing else. No, no, no other Star Trek movie is worse than insurrection. Um, and it's not even that insurrection is unwatchable. It's just like, it's, it's not, it has no business existing. Like, The fact that this script was written as it was and made it all the way through production like this um, is uh, mind boggling to me. I mean, it is just it is it is a saltine cracker of a movie Um, and it it had the opportunity if it was if a better writer was attached and that's nothing against the writer. And I know that he's no longer with us and I feel bad about that. But like, you know. Generations has its problems, and then we th- those writers were then given the opportunity to improve on, on that uh, beca- and, and take what they learned on the failures of Generation and make a banger of a Star Trek movie. And then they brought in a fresh writer from the TV series who once again had to figure out how to make a movie, and I think it's just fundamentally not a movie. Um, so Insurrection, mm-hmm. bottom tier Trek.
1: I thought a lot about which one was going to be at the bottom.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think I did have kind of an extra criteria for this. Is in addition to the heart, like, which one do I like more than this one? Or, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I think we have very similar mindsets with that. Mm-hmm. I was like, which one was the worst at being Star Trek? <laughs> sure. Which one just kind of whiffed it on sure. just being part of this canon? Um and it did it brought me no pleasure because all of these movies are trying to be Trek to some yeah. degree. And you know, trying to hone in on, on an aspect of it that like matters to the writer or the director or what have you. Uh that being said, my number thirteen is Star Trek Insurrection. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But hard to I argue just, with it, honestly. I, I just wanted listeners to know I really thought about like, is that does that one really need to be at because it is it It's doing something that I have said on this throughout this series I like, which is it is just a big it's an episode of Star Trek you're watching at a in a theater, yeah, but it's, it's not the problem is it's not a particularly good episode of star trek yes it it you could you could name like five episodes of any Trek series that are covering similar grounds mm-hmm. um poking at similar things in society mm-hmm. the uh the calls coming from inside Starfleet. Mm -hmm. Has been done better, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and and yeah, like you you know, Saltine Cracker is right. Like I've already forgotten so much of this. Mm -hmm. I mostly just remember like uh, a rock quarry. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, and you know, like you mentioned this. I think it was this podcast, or maybe at the end of our our franchise potential. But like they really, they really did the next gen crew dirty with their movies. They did. It really did. It's too bad. Um Is this is this the one with Horny uh Horny Riker and yes. and, and Deanna Tr- Okay, yeah, that yeah. was weird.
0: Yeah, that 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 went nowhere because like the point of it was supposed to be like a band candy kind of thing where they were all like yeah. acting really young and and it was Work like, acne. Yeah. Um and it just didn't it didn't play comedically the way that it wanted to because the writer's not a comedy writer, you know? Um mm-hmm. it's just not gonna turn out that way. I mean Say what you will about Voyage Home. No, neither of the writers of Voyage Home are comedy writers, but Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a Baby, and so he obviously has comedy chops. And mm-hmm. and you know, and then Nicholas Meyer is a good writer. So
1: and that movie was, ba- you know, like you said, Nimoy and Meyer, they loved and recognized what was funny about those characters because right. they knew them really well. Right, and and, and, shook- and with Next
0: Gen, the characters are so uptight. That it's it's difficult to see them in that situation. Um yeah, in a way, a way that feel would feel weird. natural,
1: I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Cause like, you know, we have I mean the, the next gen crew are delightful. They're so fun. Yeah. Despite kind of being like uptight, but it's not knowing the the weird specificity of like Wharf being stuck in an elevator with Geordie. Right, right. And it's you but know.
0: it but it is like, yeah, but you could have leaned into them being so uptight by having them all act young and and you know, <laughs> yeah, there yeah. there could have been a lot of comedy derived from that, but they they just didn't go there with it. Mm-hmm. Um all right, so my number 12 uh you know, it's just not a very good movie. It's it's very watchable. Um and and I I talk about this in the episode, you know. It is very watchable. It has some of my favorite uh, uh, moments between the between the crew. But like at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I mean, it's not a very good movie. It's Final Frontier. Um, wow. Yeah. Tw- it twist. I mean, it's just not a very good movie. It's just not.
1: Um, and, so this is the uh, William Shatner directed. Mm-hmm. What does God want with a spaceship?
0: Yeah. As like the weirder horror thing where she's like mm-hmm. dancing like sexy. And I I just, I don't know. It's a lot of stuff that I'm just like, I I don't know about any of this, but, but Mm. I, but I like the campfire stuff, you know? And I, and there's a lot of like, yeah, the rocket boots and stuff, which are silly, but like, I, I like it and I like their relationship in that movie, but it is just, it is a very uh, good example of a movie that was robbed of any of its, Ability to like have any power as a story by like compromise after compromise after compromise, you know? Right. And, and so you just end up with a eh, movie um, mm-hmm. that is has some fun moments, but ultimately is not a movie that
1: I enjoy watching. Right. It, you know, kind of got away from itself with this ballooning budget, as we talked about. Right. And kind of a general unfortunate rudderlessness. Yes. Yes. And and without, you know, Sean Connery, I don't think the villain
0: works. Um, somebody reminded me of the pitch that I made during Wrath of Khan that if if Spock had stayed dead and then returned in that cold open and like he's the laughing Vulcan. Like, yeah, it would that would have been huge. Like he's the villain of of the movie and then and then turns out to, you know, um, come back around. But uh, by the end of it, like that's the arc of it. But there's so many other versions of this movie that could have been a lot
1: more interesting than the version we got, unfortunately. For sure. Yeah. My number 12 is Star Trek Generations. Interesting. Okay. So, again, this has moments that are so lovely. Uh, It features a, a, a really, really, I think, beautiful William Shatter performance. He really nails the melancholy. I think the height of this movie are when he and Picard are trapped in the Nexus together mm-hmm. there. Uh, I, I think this has a lot of really fun next-gen crew moments. You know, Data getting his emotion chip. uh, The, oh, shit, as the Enterprise is about to crash into that planet, right? And, oh, what a crash it is. But I found a lot of this movie, much like Insurrection, to be just kind of dry and uninteresting when it wasn't focusing on, like, the Kirk and Picard stuff. Um some really awkward action mm-hmm. that we had a lot of fun picking apart, and yeah, it's it's just like I remember. I think of the fifth, the five or ten minutes or so of this movie that really work very fondly, mm-hmm. but I just remember the rest of it being such a chore to, yeah. to get through. Yeah, that's fair. That's totally and true. a big botched opportunity, considering it's like the last Kirk appearance. That's true. Although it's my
0: feeling that it it shouldn't have been like it just should have been a next gen movie. But absolutely. I think I think it would have been a lot better, Um, instead of having to like bend over backwards to make the plot fit into a a Kirk makes Picard thing. Um,
1: Yeah, you know, it's the idea that that the next gen crew isn't enough. Right, right, absolutely. That I don't appreciate. Uh,
0: My number eleven is uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Um, Again, like we talked about. Nothing wrong with the movie, technically, in and of itself, except that it's just antithetical to every, everything that Star Trek is supposed to represent. For sure.
1: No, I literally yeah. thought you, in your lead up to Final Frontier, I was so sure you were going to say Into Darkness because like you were describing it. Beautiful visuals, mm. really, at times, really watchable and fun to watch and has some really great fun moments. But like you said, just something really rotten. Yes. And untrekkian at the heart of it. Yes,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, it's gotta be into darkness. I mean, I think that's a, that, that's not going to be surprised anybody that into darkness is that low. Um, it's just, I, I, I understand how it happened, but mm. I really wish it hadn't, you know? And, and I think, I think the, the worst thing that I can say about it is that it is a terrible sequel to a movie that I really
1: love. Um, yeah, if nothing else, even even just taking out the trek of it all, just as a sequel to 09 Star Trek, it's like kind of a bitter pill. Yep.
0: definitely. So there you go, Into Darkness. My number I, I agree
1: with you, Scott. I agree with you so much so that my number eleven is also Star Trek Into Darkness. Well, there you go. Um... <laughs> I'm gonna, you know, I, I I'm gonna talk a little bit about what works. I just love this cast, and there's like such fun, you know, moments with like you know Quinto Spock. Chris Pines, Kirk that are just like fun that I remember fondly. And I just wish there was more of it. I think Benedict Cumberbatch is doing heroic work, carrying this script on his back mm-hmm. and ringing nuance and emotion from my friends are trapped in torpedoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but Yeah. And like, as we talked about it on our episode, Scott, just getting into like, you know, it all comes down to the end of just Spock just mercilessly punching the crap out of Benedict Cumberbatch in the middle of an Mm ash-covered, destructed, you know, destroyed city. Mm -hmm. And it's like, this is so far away. And then that's it.
0: Like, that's that's the the thing that annoys me the most, is he just punches him unconscious, and then the next thing we see is that they've refreezed him and and stuck him in a warehouse like the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, were they... Do you think they were expecting... Him to be such a huge hit that he would be back for the next one.
1: Yeah, they're gonna be oh, where did they? They they can't wait. Yeah, we're gonna they're do Wrath again. He's <laughs> back now for revenge after he got punched a lot oh, by Spock. Man. God, it's
0: yeah, Wolf. Um, my number ten is Generations. Oh, cool. Um, and. The reason for that, the reason it's a little higher, is because I do get a thrill. There's enough of this feeling, the thrill from seeing the TV show I love on the screen, which you don't get from first contact because they're in a new Enterprise,
1: mm, right? Yeah. They're in
0: new uniforms. You know, they're they're in a movie. They they've entered the world of like cinematic language and cinematic. You know, cinematic enterprise, cinematic uniforms, the whole deal. This is still, they're wearing next gen uniforms. Well, a mixture of next gen Deep Space Nine, as we discussed, um, with the <laughs> with the reverse colors or whatever. But right. next gen colors, they're on the re the next gen bridge, which they rebuilt and everything, and and it's a little more, you know, movie fied, but it's still very reminiscent of that show. It just looks like a cinematic version of the, the show that I watched. And so mm-hmm. There's an there's enough of that in this that thrills me that the fa- that all everything you said about it is a hundred percent true, but it just it notches just a little higher because it, I'm like and it is really
1: cool seeing all the next gen stuff in a movie. Like it yeah. is it is cool. So and does a much better job than insurrection of highlighting why these characters are likable and fun. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, so, uh,
0: so that that's my number 10 is, is, uh, Star Trek Generations. Yeah. Like even, even data just finding spot that, like, I mean, that alone justifies it at that high on my list. I think, um, it's yeah. just that moment alone, which I can't watch without crying.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah. No, It it it's like, it's like a five out of 10 movie for me with like legit 10 out of 10 moments, it's like scattered throughout
0: a hundred percent. Yeah
1: yeah so like you can't you can't knock the rest of it because you're like well it has these moments that i just love so much yeah absolutely it's actually kind of true in most of these yeah um so my number 10 right y- yes 10 my number 10 is star trek 5 the final frontier wow so we just have the same we have the same bottom four just kind of kind mixed of scattered yeah, yeah that's so weird yeah. Um so it's kind of cool because like you said I mean kind of with Into Darkness I agree with everything you said that was critical. Mm-hmm. Um like it, that all checks out. But so like I kind of get the fun job of like listing some stuff that I thought worked. Yeah. Um kind of like all these movies there's like fun moments with everyone that I thought was like oh this that's why I watch these. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate um Shatner's ambition of wanting this to make, kind of wanted to make this kind of crazier and wilder and a little more Star Wars-y. Um, I know it worked for some members of the Discord a lot more. That was really cool to see. that Some people really vibed with this one. Yeah, that was cool. But I thought a lot of the production design was just kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. And like murky in a way that it, kind of like Blade Runner derivative in a way that it didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the actor's mind really, like, I, I'm thinking about the part where, you know, we get to see Bones's father like die in front of him and like divorce kelly really sells that and it's like really compelling to see this character that i love go through something like this but it ultimately just ends up meaning very little to the movie right and the like the the god of it all like what does God want with a spaceship mm-hmm. it's a cool idea but it's never really explored or challenged in a way that you would want something like this to mm-hmm so it's just kind of I don't know, yeah. I kind of I I don't see my even something like I might I think I would watch Star Trek Into Darkness before Final Frontier, but I think Frontier is better. It's more it's more Trekky. It gets Trek better than Into Darkness.
0: Sure, yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. Um, uh, what is your number nine? My number nine is the motion picture. Wow, um, interesting. Which is, you know, it's just not. It Not doesn't feel like a Star Trek movie, you know? Like it's just it doesn't yeah. feel like Star Trek. Um it's cool, it's a vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um you know, if I was the the type to partake in uh, drugs on a regular basis, I feel like holy shit. Um mm-hmm. there's there's moments and there's a lot of moments in this movie that like would probably uh be a cool vibe, I don't know. Um but yeah, I like how chill it is and there's there's definitely elements, there's bright spots. Where I'm like, oh, there's my guys. Like, that's there. There they are, you know? There they are. But like, yeah, it's kind of ugly to look at. Everything's beige, you know? Mm -hmm. Very Um, 70s. It's very 70s, in, in, and right there on the edge, where like, I don't know. There's just something about this movie that looks like it smells like cigarettes. Absolutely. Uh, Yeah. And so it's just polyester. Yeah. It just doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know. As much as, as much as like there are elements of this that I like and, I like how big it is. I like the scope mm-hmm. of it, like the, the sort of like epic cinematic scope of it, I think is really cool. But um, at the end of the day, this will never be a go to Star Trek for movie for me. Like never, ever. Yeah. Um, Time to watch the motion
1: picture, you'll say. No,
0: no. Like if I'm watching the motion picture, it's part of a larger journey I'm taking. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Thankfully, the first step, the first, you're getting it out of the way early. Yep, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So yeah, my number nine is the motion picture. This is fascinating. This is so weird. My number nine is Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> I can't believe you ranked Nemesis higher than me. <laughs> that the, is crazy. <laughs> the guy who famously likes Nemesis. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I, I guess the reason I put this so low for a movie I have so much affection for is just revisiting it for the show that was my first time seeing it since theaters Mm -hmm. and the parts of it that worked for me then a lot still work for me like Tom Hardy's performance
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um I just think the look of this movie is so cool Mm -hmm. the dark shadows the design of Shinzon and those weird bat people Mm -hmm. I think this movie does a great job of highlighting the next-gen crew I think Riker Indiana Troy's wedding is really lovely Mm -hmm. um Data singing Never Saw the Sun like, just like, oh, man, like the endings, you know, B four, I think that's done really well. But I couldn't help but notice watching it like, wow, a lot of this is is kind of dull. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I get why this is remembered as one of the worst ones. Mm-hmm. And I don't think of it that way. But like enough of it works for me. But, yeah, I was like, OK, I, I, I can. I can. I'm watching this a bit more soberly than I did in 2002. Sure. Sure. Um, My number eight is Nemesis. Um, OK, cool.
0: <laughs> uh and and I only ranked it higher because I was like, I, I really I I I went back and forth on it, but when I mm-hmm. when I was like, am would I watch Generations or like right now? Would I watch yes. Generations or Nemesis? And I'm like, Nemesis, and that might just because be because I've only seen it once. Right, yeah. You know, and like, yeah, I would watch that again. But there's a lot of stuff in this that I, I'm it's the first I, I think it's the one that really, you know, tries to make the next-gen crew movie stars.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Um, Like, everything that they're going through feels like a movie. It, And I think we talked about this. It was the first sort of, like, post-TV Star Trek movie. And so it's the first right. one that actually feels like the original crew's movies. Because there's no Star
1: Trek on TV, and this movie's coming out. You know? Yeah, like there's no an in insurrection. We have business to take care of. Of like, well, how's the war going? Oh, this is going on over here. You know, yeah. and Why is war here? You know. Yeah. Yeah. So that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But and Nemesis just gets to be a movie, right? Right. And I, and so like, yeah.
0: I I I don't love all of the decisions that it makes, but I do find them fascinating. Um, I don't find the movie particularly dull. Uh, but I, I don't like the Shinzon stuff at all. You know, oh, okay. and I, think, I you know, and I think I think if you ask me like another day, I could see like Nemesis swapping places with generations on my rank. Mm-hmm. You know, it all just depends on my vibe. But today, this is where it landed was on. Was that was that number eight? Um, I think that it would swap over under mo- motion picture, though. I think motion picture is pretty firm where it's at. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that like. I could see myself being more in the mood for data finding Spock in the, in the enterprise re- wreckage. Um, than, than anything that happens in nemesis one day versus another day where I might want to see data and, and, uh, uh, data and Picard flying through a flying in a tiny spaceship through a bigger spaceship, you know, like, I don't right. Know. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. It's all about what kind of mood you're in. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Nemesis
1: is my number eight. Uh, my number eight is right. Yes, eight. <laughs> God damn! I always do this. Uh, my number eight is Star Trek six, The Undiscovered Country. Hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh, man, what a cool, weird Star Trek movie. Mm-hmm. A political murder mystery mm-hmm. with small stakes. A really focused lens, a really cool uh, like hook of honing in on like the late '80s, early '90s, post-Soviet Union landscape that we were all looking at at the time. Mm-hmm. Like only Nixon can go to China. I just find all of that really fascinating. Yeah, and I've, I there was a really cool slash film article. I almost shared it on the Discord, but it was examining this movie because that's kind of what slash film is now. Is like our writers watched a movie. Here's some content about it. Right, and it was about how you know by taking Kirk to this extreme, you know, like let them die. Some people really reacted viscerally to that moment. Kirk would never say that, but it's about Kirk getting the op- the, tr- the Trekkian optimism in him back. Right, and I just found all that really really compelling. Some really great supporting performances, and. I almost like I. This is one I would be more disposed to watch, just throw on and watch, just because it is so low key. Totally, totally. Um,
0: my number seven is Star Trek: Four, The Voyage Home. Wow. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you know, it's it's a fun watch. I mean, we're now stepping into territory where like all of these are inches away from each other.
1: Oh you yeah, know? these are all good. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, but with the voyage home, like it's not, it's never going to be a go-to Star Trek movie for me because at the Mm. end of the day, it's an eighties comedy, not as much of a Star Trek movie. Um, and that's fun. It's a, it's definitely a fun flavor in the, in the, uh, 13 film track that we went through. Um, but you know, it's never going to be, it's never going to be a go-to Star Trek movie for me for that reason. Mm. Um, you know the whale stuff is what it is it's it's very 80s the the save the whales and all of that is very 80s and i don't know it's it's probably it's it, i mean it's easily the most dated um i find it interesting that so much uh so much so many 80s movies are about time travel and but like hold up yeah. in terms of like it works because see the person is is like a time traveler so like the 80s being a character works in this context
1: sure back to the future this right right they don't feel dated the way that movies actually set in the 80s do sometimes
0: yeah yeah so i mean it works from that perspective um and, and yeah i I'm not even saying that anything doesn't necessarily work in this. It's just like it's never going to be my go-to Star Trek movie. It's just
1: yeah, not. you're saying, oh, I'm in the mood to watch a Star Trek movie. I'm going to watch the one where they're in San Francisco in, in regular Klingon, clothes. In a Klingon ship, you know, like, yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't even see the Enterprise. Right, right. So, yeah,
0: that's, that's my feeling on that. But, uh, yeah, so my number seven, The Voyage Home.
1: Mm-hmm. My number seven is Star Trek Beyond interesting 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 uh had a lot of fun watching this with Cass. Mm -hmm. um i I think talking with them and you know like them pointing out that this was an even better script than it than i thought it was watching the movie Mm -hmm. just how tight it actually is and just what a what what a just a smart tight script doug jung and simon pegg wrote and what lovely stuff it has to say metatextually and textually about Starfleet yeah. and Star Trek. Yeah. And it's just, this crew is just, it's like just watching a, the Chicago Bulls just doing their thing. Like, their interplay is so natural and they're just bringing the best out of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's just like a, everything going forward post-Star Trek Beyond is just like, I would rather watch this one. Mm. Okay. Like, this one, every time I... Watch this one. I'm always like, God, this is so great, and I always get choked up at the end. And it's just a, you know, you said this in our episode. If this is the last Trek movie, what a lovely, sweet, but also f- exciting and fun coda.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that that th- you rank the two coda fi- Well, really, all three coda films, though I hardly call Nemesis a coda. Um, but all <laughs> all three, all three like uh, uh, a period oh,
1: finales, kind of low. That's true. I didn't. Yeah, because I don't. They're all such standalone adventures. They don't really feel like finales to me. Yeah, that's so interesting. Undiscovered Country, also very contained. Mm -hmm. They're all not beyond, but uh, uh, Undiscovered Country and Nemesis. It's a lot of chamber piece, chamber room drama. Yeah. But and yeah, I mean, it has maybe my favorite Star Trek movie character, period, Jayla. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, she's pretty great.
1: Um. my number six
0: controversial, mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan. Interesting, Wrath of Khan. Um, it's perfect. Yep, you know it's a perfect movie. Uh, it it really is. It's it's a phenomenal Star Trek movie. It's a perfect movie. I don't have a bad thing to say about it. Other than I would rather watch other ones. Um, sure. So you know, and I I I really like Wrath of Khan a lot. I think it's I think it's a phenomenal movie not a thing wrong with it it's just missing aspects of star of, of the things that i turn to star trek for um mm. that it's just they're not featured in wrath of khan because they kind of didn't exist yet um and so <laughs> sure. you know at the end of the day as good as wrath of khan is um there are you know literally a handful of star trek movies that i would prefer to watch over mm-hmm. Wrath of Khan any any day but um that's not to say that I have a bad thing to say about
1: Wrath of Khan because I don't yeah you know what's something I think sometimes when it you know when I'm like sitting down to think about what I want to watch or whatnot or why I want to watch this instead of that is like I'll, I'll tell myself well why would I want to watch perfect <laughs> like <laughs> what am I going to get out of perfect yeah like I don't wake up every day and I'm like, "Well, time to watch The Godfather and then Casablanca and then Jurassic Park and then Schindler's List because it's like those are the best movies." Yeah. Like you want something that might be imperfect, but it's 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 a taste that you want or a feeling that you're you're hungry for. Totally. Absolutely. And and like Wrath of Khan not one of the more cuddly Star Trek movies.
0: No, it's not at all. It's not at all. And that's definitely part of what I go to Star Trek for is that cuddly comfort feeling and that's not Mm -hmm. in wrath of Khan yet
1: yeah like they're not camping they're not like there are some jokes but it's mostly like a very bloody serious drama
0: yes yeah
1: so my number seven no my number six six my number six is star trek the motion picture Uh ah there it is um like a lot of what's i mean i agree with a lot a lot of what scott said it's not the most fun movie to watch all the time, every minute. It is kind of the opposite of Beyond in terms of it's like lack of interest in being propulsive or any of the yeah. Kelvin movies. That's you know? a really
0: funny that's really funny that those are the bookends. Yeah, that's true. They are like opposites of each other.
1: Like like <laughs> <laughs> they are diametrically opposed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You watch Star Trek the Motion Picture and then Beyond back to back. You're like, whoa. what happened (laughs) what happened here (laughs) why is everyone so hot now uh this is just such a vibe and i have such a soft spot for this movie i think the score is incredible Mm. i think it is a landmark of visual effects a landmark and a snapshot the work behind it is so impressive but also it's just such it is to me i think trek's finest hour on the big screen in terms of science fiction Mm. it's it's feelings of the feelings of dread and awe that it elicited from me watching it this time with the scale and the the unknowing of like whoa oh they haven't even scratched the surface of space as a concept Mm -hmm. i I just like the vibes of it are so like you know as a kid i love the movie the black hole because it kind of scared me
0: hmm
1: And this one kind of scared. And also, like, you know, it does have really fun moments. I mean, it has Disco McCoy. Yeah, hell yeah. Bearded um, McCoy. Bearded Disco McCoy. <laughs> uh I I'm a big I'm, a, I'm I was a fan of uh it- Leela, Percy's Kambada's performance. I thought she was an engaging character. Mm-hmm. Um and like you said, the moments we do get of the boys being the boys they kind of hit even harder because it, it's such a dry movie in between those moments. Yeah, that is true. Uh, so yeah, I have, a, I have a soft spot for it. Scott, what is your number five search for Spock um, search for
0: Spock is it's the start of the, the, the ensemble. It, 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 mm-hmm. it turns, you know, the, the show about a, like about three people into a full ensemble with a full, crew family mode going out to save their friend. It has a lot of cheesy moments. It has Christopher Lloyd wrestling with an inanimate snake. Um, Mm -hmm. It has, you know, it has, it has a cheesy fight between Christopher Lloyd and, and uh, William Shatner, but it also has absolute banger moments. It has them stealing the enterprise. It has them uh, blowing up the enterprise by tricking the Klingons into beaming on board. Like, right i mean there there' are some like absolute banger moments in this, and I think the concept of it, the plot of it, is so star trek it hurts I mean it is just it like the the Genesis device using that as a weapon, all of that stuff like is is in like the way that they found a way to Star trek Spock back to life um was i think fascinating uh and and yeah just i i'm endlessly impressed how they did that without it feeling cheap um i, I you know that's that's a tough thing to do that's a, that's a that's a tough that's a
1: tough uh hurdle to climb um yeah to undo he, something He had such an
0: iconic death
1: at the end of the last yes, movie yeah to undo that in a way that doesn't feel cheap right in a way that feels earned and emotional yeah and inevitable even
0: yeah, and by making it all predicated on the fact of like all of these characters are changing because of this. They're going yes. from being Starfleet guys to a family who are on a ship together. Um mm-hmm. or, you know, or like a group of friends that are they're they're all in this together, you know? They're they're a squad. Um Yeah.
1: And yeah. I think that that's why I like The Warbird is it shows that they're not a crew because of the Enterprise. Yes. They could be in any ship. They could be in a VW van. That's true. Yeah, and it would still be
0: the Enterprise. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, um, search for Spock by number five. I love. Yeah. I just love. I adore
1: this movie. It's so good. So do I, Scott. And it is why it is my number five as well. Aha. Um. Yeah. Like it. It really. I think it's this movie. I remember watching it this time. It really. This is when the Trek movies become a thing unto themselves for me emotionally. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Just like these old, these, you know, people in their fifties and sixties that have been friends for 20 years, just like going on an adventure together for each other. And listening to you just now, Scott, I think if I could distill Star Trek into like a formula or an equation, independent of like the space stuff, Mm -hmm. it's about a group of people, a crew Taking a crazy chance because it's the only option they have. And they're going to like do it to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. Like, time and time again, it's just about like, okay, that sounds crazy. Traveling back in time to save a bunch of humpback whales <laughs> sounds crazy. Yeah. Like, blaring sabotage at full volume and driving directly into a, a, a swarm of drones is crazy. But. I believe in this crew or I believe in this hunch. Let's, let's do this. Yeah. And that's kind of what search for Spock is. It's like, you're right. It like costs this crew, everything. It costs them their careers. They're probably going to go to jail, but they're like, well, Spock needs us. Right. And like, we, we have to, we we're, we're going to get it done no matter what.
0: Yeah. That's more important than anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Number five. A, Start, number five. Search for Spock. What What is your number four? Uh, Star Trek six. The Undiscovered Country. Whoa. Um, uh, yeah, this movie rules. Um it, it it absolutely rules. It's so it's so good. It has less of the ensemble, being an ensemble, being being a family, because it's so focused on um this this sort of Agatha Christie closed box mystery. Mm-hmm. Um but that shit is so good that yeah like i i can't help but love this and and you still get like fun stuff like mccoy and kirk going to a, a klingon gulag <laughs> um <laughs> yeah like it's it's nuts uh so yeah i i just i have so much fun um watching this movie and the fact that this is their last one and it's my it's my favorite of the original crew um that says right. something you know for sure um yeah I don't think they ever lost – they never really lost a step. If they were given good scripts for every movie, like, they
1: would all be as good as this. So, And, you know, on my research – during my research with the original movies, I was taken aback at the the wit and intelligence of Nicholas Meyer as a director and a writer. Mm -hmm. Just what a well-read person he was and just a student of storytelling and drama – like, practically, but also philosophically. Yeah. And to see that, yeah, he's such a, you know, Wrath of Khan, the naval battles and the 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 conflict, it's like, whoa, you know, he's so good at that. But then to see him shift into, like you said, like Agatha Christie politi- geopolitical chamber room drama, and you're like, oh, wait, are you actually even more tuned into this than the Wrath of Khan stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. this is crazy. Some of the yeah. best writing in any of the Star Trek movies. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, it's it is, it is so good. Um, my only criticism is I wish Kim Cattrall was Savic, but yeah. Other other than that, flawless. I I I I just adore this movie. I think it's phenomenal, and maybe, uh, you know, tied with Beyond as the
1: most underrated Star Trek movie. Yeah. I'd say even more underrated than Beyond because I don't think it has the. It's sort of lumped in with like, oh yeah, and then the, the the last few are bad, right?
0: Right, that's true. That is true. You're right.
1: Um. So what is your number four? My number four, coincidentally, is Star Trek: Four, The Voyage Home. Ah, okay. Um, to me, it's almost kind of like. You know, we talk about with Geek by Night the the the, the audio series that we make is it, it's getting very epic and special effectsy. You um, know, you're you're telling me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, and some sometimes you know, Cass and, and 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 Scott and I will be leaning back in our metaphorical chairs and we're like, can we just write a show where they're just hanging out <laughs> and having fun and just being being nice and no one's getting shot at and they just kind of get to hang out and just be fun and that's. Ooh. Miraculously there's a movie like that in the Star Trek universe. Yeah, that's true. We're like for an hour for like almost 2 hours we just get to chill and relax and just go on this fun, madcap journey with these beloved characters that I've grown to love so much and it's just a pure pleasure. I it reminds me of like movies like Elf or Paddington mm-hmm. that are just a warm hug and never really feel the need to like and the the guy comes and he's killing everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and there's twelve Star Trek movies that do that, and some of them are even ahead of this movie, but I just I love with my whole heart that Uh-oh. there is a Star Trek movie about these like old friends just going to save a bunch of whales um and shout out to Jeremiah's haunting reading of the novelization, oh yes of what the what the whales were saying, uh, yeah. So yeah, Star Trek Four, the one with the
0: whales. Okay, nice. Uh, my number three, Star Trek Beyond. Um, I mean, you guys just heard me gush about this movie last week. Mm-hmm. Uh I love everything that it has to say about Star Trek as a as a franchise, um, as a philosophy. You know, um, I love that this is an anniversary film about falling in love with what makes Star Trek special. Um after sort of losing your way after the franchise you know in a many ways lost its way within the darkness mm-hmm. uh you know focusing on just making a blockbuster instead of making a star trek movie you know you go to star trek beyond and yeah it's 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 this phenomenal script um that is a love letter to star trek and what makes star trek great and a villain who is represents um you know, the belief that uh, none of this stuff w- works like you have to have conflict and you have to have um, these things to work as a society and and Kirk sort of feeling that way at the beginning of the story. Of like, yeah, like we can't just I mean, this is just so boring, like we do the same stuff all the time, but by the end, falling back in love with what makes Starfleet and the Federation so special, which is like, no. Conflict is not what we need to like survive. We, yeah, where we should be beyond that. Um, if you will. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I, I adore this movie for everything that it's saying about this world and, and this franchise. And it's, um, and then on top of that, it's just entertaining as hell. It's funny as hell. It has some of my favorite character moments in all of the Kelvin movies. um, it's it's fantastic and it doesn't it, it only gives a short shift to like a few characters, you know? Um but it's it's uh it's oh man, it's solid as hell. It's such a great movie.
1: No, for sure. And I think there's like it, it really respects what Trek is about mm-hmm. and is willing to fight for it. Yeah. Like I think we've had conversations and I know like, you know, reading about Trek and the 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 conversation like yeah, it's it's fun to believe. We'd all like to believe that Jane Roddenberry's Vision is possible, but sometimes we got to get back to reality dorks and like get back to, you know, like focus up. You know, this couldn't really happen. Eventually you got to cock a gun and impose your will on people and make it happen. And Beyond's like, no, we're going to fight that too. We don't think that's an inevitability. Conflict and violence don't have to happen. Mm -hmm. Our way can like this matters. And we're going to go when to step by step kind of examine and look around until we get to the end of the movie, which is like, yes. Yes. Yeah. Here's to another 60 years.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's So good. So good. I love that. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Star Trek Beyond, my number three.
1: Yes. My number three is Star Trek Two, The Wrath of Khan. Mm. I liked this movie even more than I thought I did before starting the series. Mm. I was like, "Yeah, we're at the con. It's we're at the con." But revisiting it for the show, I'm like, "Oh, this is like, this is like on the level of The Dark Knight for me. Mm. Of just every choice coming from that first iconic shot of like Kirk stepping out during the Kobayashi Maru, just cloaked in smoke. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, like, this movie is not fucking around.
0: <laughs> it's a big difference, uh, a big difference of introduction from the motion pictures uh, close up through a window on a train."
1: yeah for sure
0: (laughs) or whatever it was where it was like yeah he's just like in a in a window as like a as like the shuttle or the train or whatever parks and then the doors open and he walks out yeah and you're like oh i guess yeah i guess
1: kirk's on the big screen now i don't know (laughs) the first time i've seen captain kirk in like 10 years whatever yeah
0: yeah whatever no big deal
1: um just like the naval battles are so they have aged like a fine wine Mm -hmm. this is The beginning of the Harv Bennett era where he just like kicked as much as much as as much affection as I have for the motion picture of like, okay, let's try and tell like a really entertaining standalone movie now. Yeah. And yeah, I I could even independent of Star Trek. I could just see myself being in the mood to throw this on and just enjoy, you know, kind of I I bring up Dark Knight because when you watch a really sometimes when you watch a a certain kind of well-made movie, it's like watching a heist go off without a hitch. Definitely. Just like a Swiss watch and you're just like, oh, this is just clicking so much. Yeah. And it's a little more serious, but I find the melancholy, just the arc of of Kirk being with these two men that are his friends, but like they're both, they're aware of their mortality more than they ever have been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like the scenes of Kirk's birthday and the interplay between he and Bones and Spock is so it's like written to the point of like, it's not overwritten where you don't need that because it's just on the screen. Yeah. The, the history between these guys. Yeah. So, and then, you yeah, know, Ricardo Montalban, of course, <laughs> of course.
0: Um, of course. So, so now we have reached the point where we both yep. have the same two movies <laughs> left on the board.
1: We, we do this every time
0: where they'll end up on each other's lists. Um, I have a guess uh but we we shall see we shall see so um my yep. number 2 is 2009's star trek um mm-hmm. it's a, like hey it's a great movie <laughs> hey, it's a great movie it's, it's a great movie um and it just you know it's it's propulsive it has a great mission statement line you're introduced to all of these characters in new ways that are just like you fall in love with them, like just head over heels for them immediately. It does a Mm -hmm. really great job of firming them up as a full ensemble by the end of the first movie, you know, Um, which is really, really impressive. And uh, yeah, you know, you can literally skip into darkness. Like you could just watch this and go right to beyond and not skip a beat. Um.
1: That's the worst part, I think,
0: about Into Darkness.
1: I was going to say, why did that make me mad instead of like relieved?
0: Yeah. You know? Th- doesn't that make you mad? Like, like you can waste- literally just skip it. Just skip Into Darkness. Go from star- the end of Star Trek, leads directly into Star Trek Beyond. You don't have to watch Into Darkness. Um, you can just pretend that movie doesn't exist if you want, uh, which makes it even worse than it already was. Um, yeah. But Star Trek, I mean, great villain. Uh, I love that it's a reboot and a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. I think that that is so cleverly done and and impressive and respectful uh, to right, like yeah. Star Trek canon. You know, it's um, smart. Yeah, it's very smart. It is unbelievably directed. I think the opening of this movie is the best opening of any Star Trek movie. Um, sure, nothing even comes close. Like everything with the Kelvin is. That that sequence is unbelievable. It's so so good. I cry every time I watch it. It is impossible not to. Um, like you know him <laughs> driving that ship directly into Nero's Nero's ship while asking her about like so what are we going to name him and like all of that and then like the desperation of like trying to get his last words in as the as it they
1: just it just smashes into Nero's ship. Um, yeah. It's unbelievable. Just, just big, playing to the cheap seats in the best way. Just drama. Yeah, um, and that's to say nothing about the Giacchino
0: score, which is
1: un- oh my god, yeah,
0: fucking believable. Um, I mean, just has has like arguably usurped any other Star Trek score in my mind. Of like when I think of Star Trek,
1: I kind of think of yeah. this. You, you know, think of like those opening quick notes of like them about to see the Enterprise for the first time, you know, yeah. enterprising young men. Yeah, Oh man. Like, of course, there are better movies. Of course, there are, you know, more perfect movies. And yeah, this isn't a perfect movie. This is fault. I couldn't I couldn't write. I've seen this movie like five times. I could write a paragraph about what they're doing in the last 20 minutes of it plot wise. Sure, sure. But and there's that whole middle
0: it, section where he gets abandoned. That is like, yeah for sure
1: eh, yeah <laughs> I could take I can I can go to the bathroom
0: I can make a sandwich right but it's before, it, but the rest of it is so undeniably
1: fucking great you know I struggle I struggle to think of a movie that is more fun for me like yeah that just really back set me off on a high of like movies this is so much fun yes this is yeah. great absolutely yeah and it's why Star Trek 09 is my number two as well
0: oh shit. Yep. This is not the way that I thought it would go.
1: This is That's exciting. Um, I surprise myself sometimes, too. <laughs> um, but, but before we move on to our, our final movie, our number one, um, just, just to close the book on, on, on 09 Star Trek, something that I really appreciate about this movie is something I also really appreciate about Force Awakens, mm-hmm. which it successfully turned non-fans into fans. And I kind of have a soft spot. I, I, you know, like I think about Cass, how this kind of was like their first introduction, and how like struck to them is like. Oh, I don't think that's true. Is it? Is that true? No, no, they just loved this a lot and saw yeah. it six times in theaters. But yeah, and it reminds me of the people who like didn't really give a shit about Star Wars before Force Awakens, and was like, "Whoa, Ray, Kylo Ren." Like Finn, I'm just I find this really compelling and I'm drawn to this in a way that I wasn't by those old movies. That felt disconnected from me, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's like, yeah, the, the dynamic of this cast and the energy of Abrams and Chichino and Steve Yedlin, it all was just like this lightning in a bottle. Mm-hmm. That it's no wonder that I and I think it's so vital that this like brought in new fans and it's derided in the same way that Force Awakens is derided. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think both those movies are just doing like really titanic work in terms of like blockbuster IP filmmaking. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. But with that being said, yeah. It looks like we Scott share would've... our
0: number one um yep. of Star Trek First Contact. Absolutely. Um, here's the thing about Star Trek First Contact, and you know, it's so funny. We were when we were talking about insurrection, going all the way back to the bottom of our list, so <laughs> yeah, which we also yeah, yeah. share um wow yeah yeah uh uh going all the way back to our bottom of the list there's that story about about how um insurrection was the last star trek movie that gene roddenberry saw before he passed um and he was like yeah cool thanks man like you really yeah that's that yeah that's that's what i want from star trek you know like there there it is like that's my vision whatever Mm -hmm. and i just i think about how how bummed out i am that I mean, I don't know this for sure, but it doesn't seem like it. You don't see a lot of Gene Roddenberry quotes in regards to First Contact. It feels like he doesn't understand how this is the absolute epitome of everything that the Roddenberry vision of the future represents, which is that it's it's a strive for betterment.
1: Hmm.
0: It, the, pursuit. It, the pursuit of it. Um, it, it is not about being better right now. It is, bu- it is about being per- constantly pursuing betterment, Um, mm-hmm. you know, and and that is what First Contact is all about of like we meet this broken man in the past who is supposed to be this representation of a brighter future. And he's a drunk, you know, and, and lay about. Yeah, lay about. Um, and, you know, we're in a post-war society. Um, Where everybody's just like basically living in clubhouses in the woods, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a, a rough time for humanity. And we are on the cusp of making first contact with the Vulcans, which is going to change everything about, you know, the society in the future. But, um, and making sure that that event takes place, being the mission of this, while the villains are these anti, literally anti-human villains. Mm -hmm. Um, It's all about humanity striving for betterment, and these are humans trying to make themselves better by becoming machines, and it's just like this amazing combination of things that makes a film that is horrific, like, legitimately scary in moments, action-packed, Heartfelt and hilarious. The fact that this movie can be all of those things is unfucking believable. This is there will I don't think that there will ever be a Star Trek movie that is that that beats Star Trek First Contact. I think this is the best. And like you look at Beyond, which also came out on an anniversary year, you know, the fiftieth anniversary. This came out for the thirtieth anniversary of Star Trek in nineteen ninety six. Um, and yeah, just absolutely nailed Star Trek to the wall of like, this is Star Trek. It's not going to get any better than this. And they're a hundred percent correct.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like going back to that first VHS watch back in the nineties, just not being able to verbalize just like how well it works at every facet. Like you said, like the horror works, the, the say nothing of like Jean Luke's arc of mm-hmm. him being broken and him falling short of his, like the Roddenberry vision Right. And, like, Lily, his friendship with Lily, him, like, realizing, like, oh, fuck, like, I have to try again. Like, that all works. And, like, I, I just can't believe every time I watch this movie when they're in the pod and Zephyr and Cockrum is, like, they're going into space with Jordy and Riker and, like, they're bumping magic carpet ride. And I'm like, I can't believe how in I am right now. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Also, everybody gives the Beastie Boys drop shit. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. and here it's right here and it fucking it rules like it
1: it rules like you know they would be historical documents like these these songs For sure. you know and but yeah I think Zefram Cochrane is such a beautiful embodiment of what you're talking about because he is this fallible, flawed, goofy, quirky guy that is just barreling towards immortality while cranking like a 70s rock song. Hell yeah, and he's like creating. And he's going to become a statue, and we know he's not really a statue. He's more than a statue, but he he tries to live up to it because he's inspired by the Enterprise crew, right? Right? No, and, that, and that's and that's you know that is
0: that is that is the thing that Gene Roddenberry never understood about his own creation. It seems that his whole belief was like there shouldn't be any conflict. We should have all that shit figured out. And now, like, we're going to see what that world looks like. Wouldn't that be amazing? Look at this. Mm-hmm. But it's like that rule that Pixar has about their characters. We don't care about watch, we, we, we don't care if a, if a character succeeds or fails. It's about mm-hmm. watching them try to succeed that we, that's what we hook onto, that's what we care about.
1: Yeah, for sure. That,
0: that is, that's, the, that's the sauce. That's the magic sauce. That's the thing that hooks us to a character is watching them try to succeed with all of their might. And yeah. that's what this entire movie is about, is about striving to be better. And the bad sides of that with the Borg and the good sides of that with First Contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and then you have Picard sort of right in the middle of like, I could, I could do the bad thing or I can, I can, I can, you know, I, I can accept that like, just because I failed doesn't mean I, I should can, quit, that I should give up. I should keep trying to be better.
1: Yeah. No, it's, yeah.
0: it's, it's beautiful.
1: It's, yeah. it's great stuff. And then it also just works. I mean, like assimilate this. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: Is just oh like my God! An old it just school. in the introduction of Worf, to, perhaps today is oh. a good day to die. Like, oh, it's
1: like the most Trek shit. Yeah. Oh God, it's so good. But it is. Yeah, I think you're right. It is the pursuit because going back to you know that's Jean luc Whether it's Kirk in Undiscovered Country, realizing like, oh my God, I am capable of great bigotry and anger. Right. right. I can't. I can't let that defeat me again. You know. Right. Right. Or Kirk, I mean, Kelvin Kirk, his his striving is his whole character. He's trying to live up to this impossible standard that his father set in the final moments of his life. Right. And George Kirk wasn't just that guy. Right. Right. You know, he's probably just like a three-dimensional kind of dude, just like Jim is. But yeah, he's trying that whole trilogy of movies to live up for this precedent that was set before his birth. Right. Or at his birth. Right. And then if you go all the way back to Insurrection, Insurrection is literally
0: about people who are trying to make themselves physically better. Right. Yeah. But it's a story about the Enterprise crew wagging their finger and being like, -uh nah, like. We're already perfect. Be- what are you guys doing? Don't mess. Don't 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 touch anything. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> we're that's, fine, their, yeah. that's their whole vibe of is just like, it, it, you know, it's just wagging their finger at, at people and being like, no, we already have this figured out and we're smarter and better than everyone. And you should be, too. Um, mm. And that's it. And, and and that's the reason why that movie sucks. And this movie rules.
1: <laughs> Uh going back to Insurrection being completely like a salting cracker of a movie until. Like a minute ago, completely forgot about F. Murray Abraham and the <laughs> yeah. plastic surgery st- yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like literally, if no one—I mean, this is me. I had never first contact was my first trip, my first Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So I can I, I'm proof positive of saying it's like the perfect entry point into the franchise, or just a yeah. great standalone '90s action movie. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. It's it's so,
0: so good. And definitely, like, scratches, yeah, like, that 90s action. There's a lot of, like, Independence Day vibes in this. Definitely. That rousing, like, yeah. Yeah, but then also just, like, small moments between, like, characters, like, you know, having jokes. Like, like the, the, the undercut moments aren't, they're about, like, characters just, like, interacting versus like in Marvel where it's like, this is
1: all pretty stupid. Right. <laughs> you know, right. like That's never the vibe. Um, which... Like, uh, like when you mentioned funny moments, I think at that moment where Riker finds Deanna at the bar and she's like loaded. Yes. And he's like, Oh my God. Even he like, wow. <laughs> never seen you like this before. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hey, <laughs> it's like all rooted in the character. Yeah. And those are richer moments. If you already know these characters, but you know, yeah. I remember like it, it worked as just a movie too. Yeah, leak. I'm not detecting any leak. No, leak. Oh, leak. That's that's funny. very funny. <laughs> that's very. Funny. <laughs> yeah, Jordy's Jordy's really good in that one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. but this has been great. I mean, it, it, it's. I mean, you know, we talked about. Oh my god, it's been 13 weeks. But honestly, it was such a joy revisiting these movies and and talking about them these past couple months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, this world just feels so nice. And, and comfy, you know. Yeah,
1: and there's so much of it. Yeah, and I hope we
0: get more one day. Um, but that's it. That's that Star Trek. It's behind us now. We did. Um, and all we can do is 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 look forward. Um, and so, uh, before we announce our next mini series, mm-hmm. um, the plan starting next week, we're getting a little, a little tiny, little small, little trilogy mini series of bonus features. Uh, where we are catching up on some of the new entries in fran- pre- past franchises that we've missed. Um, so next week we will be reviewing uh, Creed three. Uh the, week, the the week after that, Nick hasn't seen it yet. Um, the week after that, Scream six hated uh, it. And then the week after that, Evil Dead Rise. Um and then uh those will be so that'll be all of the the bonus features we have that little that gets us to the end of, uh the end of April, and mm. then, um our next mini series starting on May fifth, Nick, what do
1: you got for us? Well, listeners, you know we were taking a look at the schedule and you know, like the length of a movie, how many movies is a franchise and whatnot, but more than that, we were reflecting on. Our Wes Anderson series mm-hmm. and how fruitful that was going back and revisiting an entire director's filmography <clears throat> and seeing how each movie built on top of the next one and created a singular body of work. Right. And,
0: and, and specifically a filmmaker who was a franchise in and of himself. Like, yes, of, of where it's like, if I say I'm going to see the new Wes Anderson movie, everybody knows what that looks like.
1: For sure. It's like a yeah. style. It's a group of actors. It's kind of it, it's like, oh, yeah, you go to see this movie for a certain like, set of expectations, like a Star Trek movie.
0: Right. Right.
1: See a group of friends hanging out, shooting the shit. Yeah. And also what I really enjoyed about the Wes Anderson series, Scott, which you covered the research of, was it was like kind of taking taking a trip down memory lane in a very specific but important part of your life as a filmmaker. How Wes Anderson's films hit you when you were just the right age and kind of informed, like, I think this is my taste. Mm -hmm. I think this is a voice I want to try and emulate and be inspired by. Yeah. So we're covering similar ground with the next series. We're going to be covering a director whose work meant a lot to me growing up when I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. um, whose singular voice affected an entire genre. For a long time, like a like a like a nuclear bomb, yes. Like in, in like looking back now that it's kind of now that the blast is kind of ending, right? You're like, wow, it really did kind of steer everything in one direction for like almost fifteen years. Yeah. So uh, that being said, if you haven't guessed, starting next week, no, starting starting uh, May fifth, starting on May fifth, franchiseography will be covering the entire directorial body of work of one monsieur judd apatow yes (laughs) that's right we'll be covering 40 year old virgin Mm -hmm. knocked up Mm -hmm. this is 40 funny people funny funny people but not in that order funny people (laughs) this is 40 train wreck the king of staten island before wrapping it all up with a movie that neither Scott nor I have seen because we've heard it's a horrible piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> the bubble. <laughs> the bubble available to watch right now on Netflix, but I refused. And now I know why because I was waiting for this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: we'll talk about it. But Jad Apatow, uh, Uh, i'm 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 semi-embarrassed to admit which is kind of maybe why this is worth pursuing but was like a big influence on me
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so absolutely absolutely um i i am uh very interested to revisit these um you know the last apatow movie i watched was uh the king of staten island um when it hit vod during the pandemic um it was it was one of those movies that was the last one that I watched uh and I I don't think I have seen I don't think I I definitely haven't seen Trainwreck since theaters. I don't think I've seen This Is Forty since theaters. Definitely not Funny People. I may have seen Knocked Up once or twice since theaters and and I've definitely seen the 40-year-old version like a couple of times since then. But mm-hmm. for the most part this will be like but none of them other than King of Staten Island, none of them I have seen in probably – when did when did Trainwreck yeah. come out? 2015? So, yeah, probably eight-plus years for all of them.
1: I don't think I've seen any of them in eight-plus years. Absolutely, Scott. And that's a good point. You know, that, that's another reason why we found this really interesting and fruitful is uh, comedy notoriously doesn't age well. Yeah. And at the time, I remember – The Apatow movies that were coming out. And, you know, of course, anytime something's popular, there's going to be criticism and people challenging it. But at the time, these are like, whoa, these feel so new and current and fresh. And, Mm -hmm. like, they say fuck a lot. This is crazy. Yeah. So we're, you know, we're trepidationally going forward to see, okay, like, how is this age? How have we evolved into, you know, because those movies are all about the relationships between, like, men and women and, like, relationships and... Mm -hmm life getting older so it's going to be interesting to see how like we've we've changed as a as a as a culture since those movies came out
0: um how i you know it's funny we haven't talked about this off mic um Mm -hmm. we've talked about it uh in a general sense um about uh taking a step back from uh, striving for guests on every episode um where is your head at in terms of a uh, possible guest for this? Or do you want this to be a guest light mini series? Or how you since
1: you're since you're the producer of this miniseries, what, what I'm are the Jet Apatow. Yeah, what are your what are your feelings on that? I'm the I'm the from the guy who brought you back <laughs> to the future minute, Cornetto Minute. <laughs> yeah. Um You know, I feel like if a guest appears in my mind of like oh i specifically want to talk to that person about like for example um i I know a few stand up so maybe i would like want to get their opinion on funny people sure um but also i'm kind of just into the idea of just you and me knocking this out just the two of us yeah yeah
0: because i'm also i'm also thinking like (laughs) in terms of like you know again you know just in terms of like looking at um Awkward encounters uh with guests. I'm just thinking about the the horrifying idea of like watching one of these movies and us being like, "Whoa, that didn't age well." And then the guest just being like, "I don't know what you're talking about. You guys don't know comedy." Like, well, and I'm like, "Oh sure." Yeah. Oh God, <laughs> like I'm just like, like crawling out of my skin just thinking about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, like you know, um, like with 40 year old version, there's a famous comedic set piece of like, "Do you know how I know you're gay?" and like yeah. i'm i'm in, i want i'm interested to talk about that and see like how like how it plays now or like how yeah. it maybe says more about those two guys than society or how you know and it'll be it'll be it'll be it'll be something yeah. i so, I'm so going to go-
0: I, I think it's safe to say that like uh, like our listeners should expect a guest light mini series
1: i think um, that's fair to say
0: yeah, you know, there might there there will likely be exceptions to that over the course of it, but like I think I think that's I yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that like yeah, guest light mini series.
1: We're not going out of our way like well we have to have a guest. For, right. Knocked up. Right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I I know. And also just one to one, you know, these movies are long and talky just like our podcast. Yeah. And you know a lot of these movies are like Judd Apatow and his screenwriter whether it's like Seth Rogen or Steve Carell right talking about like like knocked up for example is kind of a movie about being a certain age going through certain life problems right and we are both now older than Seth Rogen's character in that movie
0: mm. so like
1: yeah, I think it'll be interesting just to as two like guys to be like, how does this hit now? Or like, what would I do different? Or like, is this yeah. horrifying now instead of hilarious?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, I, I, I do think that's probably the, the, the modus operandi of this, of this mini series is more about our personal like reactions to these movies versus like getting the perspective of the guest. Unless like you said, somebody pops in where you're like, I, I mean, this makes so to. too much sense to not have them on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so.
1: yeah, you know, we talked at the beginning of the show about how cool it was to have our listeners like watch along with us throughout Trek mm-hmm. and engage with us. Really interesting, really interested to see what, uh, you know, if some of you folks decided to watch the Apatow movies along with us, how, how that goes, what yeah. would you, would you, would you find watching it in 2023? Right. Right. Yeah. That'll be interesting. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, like I don't want to have a guest on Trainwreck and then find out that they're like a super hardcore Amy Schumer joke truther. And like, then we have to talk about that for an hour. I don't even know what that's in reference to. Oh, there's like there's like controversy in comedy nerd stand up circles of like proof of Amy, Amy Schumer stealing jokes. Oh, uh, there's always that person in comedy. They always yeah. that they're,
0: they're always saying that that's a thing. Um, yeah, they said that about Robin Williams. They said that about Carlos da- Dan Cook. Yeah. Carlos Mencia, that's right. Yeah. Um said so, that about somebody.
1: Excited. Uh listeners who were who were fond of hearing about my big old uh Star Trek Blu-ray set that I got in the mail. I just got some of my Apatow Blu-rays in the mail <laughs> yeah. last night. Yeah. I think you're getting that, the rest today. So that that's when it really hit me, listeners, of like looking at the extras and they're like Includes two commentaries and two all and like how many times am I gonna fucking watch these? <laughs> yeah. Am I gonna do more research on the Jet Apatow movies than I did for the Star Trek movies? I'm not sure yet. We'll we'll all find out together
0: um May 5th. <laughs> May the fifth be with you.
1: Yes, I was gonna say
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh,
1: Scott, any, any closing thoughts on our Trek era?
0: No. I think we cool. said everything that we need to say. I, I hope that there's another Star Trek movie uh, in the future. But uh, what that is, I'm 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 open
1: to a lot of different avenues, I think. Did I ever mention, did I talk about how Jack Black was almost Harry Mudd and how that would have been really cool?
0: Yeah, yeah but I don't know that Harry Mudd needs to be in a movie. That's not a character that, that needs to... That, not that's yeah. Good, that's, that's a good point. It's weird choice for a movie villain. <laughs> um there I mean I think that's the problem is just Paramount is desperate for there to be a villain. And right. Star Trek doesn't quite work like that. Like it's not mm-hmm. about singular villains most of the time. It's it's usually about like an aggressive species or something. Like the Borg. Like the like the Borg or the Klingons or the Romulans, you know, it's not like a singular villain. Most of
1: the yeah. time, yeah. so Colonel Dark Mace.
0: Yeah, they just they want a Joker so bad, and
1: I don't know why, at, at any cost. Yeah, so, but anyway. in any event, thank you for joining us, listeners. Scott, thank you for uh, help. You know, being yeah. being here with me on this journey.
0: Yeah, I think this might end up being our longest between episode. I didn't even think about that. Wow, I think that I think that I think it is. I don't think we've ever wow. had a between episode this long. Um, of the. To... I'll have to check the <laughs> records for that, but, uh, but yeah, I think that we might have. I, I think this might take the
1: cake. Wow. Well, yeah. it's been a hell of a ride, and we're so glad to have you along for the road. Yeah. Uh, along along with us.
0: Um, next Let's... week, Creed Three.
1: Hell yeah! <laughs> Bye everybody. Live long and prosper.